0: yo this is bandy and your boy trey come flex with us on the fourth and flex fantasy football podcast you're listening to patriot sports radio
1: let's go this is patriot sports radio Patriot
0: sports radio Uh-oh
1: fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media if it's sports from the high school level to the pros we're talking about it like the red-blooded americans we are
2: god bless america god
1: bless america god bless america let's do this here's eric john chris and the coach
3: Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Another beautiful day here in the Midwest. In my opinion, you can bitch about the heat or you can bitch about the cold. And I choose to bitch about the cold, so you won't hear me complain about 99 degrees. Chris, on the other hand, is basically one of a dozen people left in America fixing AC systems, so he is out today on a rooftop fixing a vent or some shit. Somebody's got to do it. So that means that, yes, I am the one shoveling the coal, and I got to tell you, I'm only 80% sure I even have the right shovel. So who's here? Let's start there. John is coming to us from Denver, the epicenter of the hockey world, and yes, this is the all things episode, so we will get into that. John was downtown for game five in the belly of the beast. I can't wait to hear about that. Coach is down in Oklahoma. He fell asleep early, but his lightning won anyway. And he's got the just woo it cup and the sweater on. So he's ready to go. Angela is joining us once again as well. We will make sure she gets the opportunity to throw in her 1.7 cents because Patriot Sports Radio is on the right side of history. We're about sports, fun, and fairness. That's what the fair's about. It's okay. It's about fun. You know who else is about fun? Clay Thompson. But before we get into Clay Thompson and his parade antics, I want to give Angela a minute to talk because she was on our last episode for about, I don't know, a collective 17.4 seconds. So let's meet her and figure out what her deal is. Angela, what what's your deal?
2: What's my deal? Yeah, that that was actually a new personal record. Explain
3: video. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here?
2: <laughs> What's your deal?
4: What is it exactly that you do here? Yeah.
2: Um, remains to be seen. Apparently, so we'll. we'll I guess we'll find out together. <laughs> um I don't know. I think probably I'll be able to offer a unique uh, perspective. Hopefully, um, but first, like I'm, 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 am I one of those people who's going to be like, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm like. I'm an interior designer, but I was born and raised on sports courtesy of my dad, which is great. So, um, like I bleed hockey, like I love hockey and baseball first and foremost, and, um, you know, golf and football and everything, but really, you know, those are my, my toppers. I get a lot of shit for being, um, considered like a fair weather fan or like a, a team jumper but I'm not one of those kinds of people. I'm actually the person who's always rooting for the story. So, like, I literally will sit down and watch any game, any time, and I will cheer for the story. Like, I'm always cheering for the story. Like, when Stafford ended up, you know, with this opportunity of a lifetime, I, I was cheering for him to win the Super Bowl wing, ring, like, I don't know, day one, minute one, hour one. So, like, you'll you'll get a lot of that. Not flip flopping, I'm just being objective and I love all sports and all the stories of sports. So um and I'm Leo. <laughs> and um Which means
4: she's one of those women.
2: Right. <laughs> one of those women. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I did play sports. I was a What's
4: of, in retrograde right now?
2: Um Mercury is not in retrograde anymore, okay. so you're okay.
0: Cheese <laughs> and rice.
2: Right. I'll let you know you're all right
0: oh. for a
4: while wow <laughs> yeah. I think the gas prices started no we're not gonna talk politics <laughs> yes. so, <Jesus>. nope.
3: dude <laughs> do you you don't even know the multiple paragraphs I have that have been stricken from the intro deleted
4: <laughs> cutting room
3: floor I ran it past coach he was like we don't need none of it no nope. like, all right how about this sentence? No. Okay, good call. I, um, I felt like the censors
0: we... in Good Morning Vietnam. I was just highlighting, red-taping everything. <laughs> and we're Man. better off. All right, but back forward. to Angela. But yeah, back before to Angela. We start, yes.
3: And we're <laughs> back. Before we, before we started, I instructed Coach to ask her what her favorite football team was.
2: <sighs> okay, <Yeah>. so <laughs> I was born and raised a Viking fan, so this should be interesting for everyone. <laughs> so. Wow. It's a hard, it's a hard life, you know? So I have some pretty thick skin when it comes to that. Um, Even though I live in Wisconsin and of course the Packers are great and the Brewers are great. I was also born and raised a Dodger fan. So that's going on too. What? Just just a little FYI. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know.
0: Vikings and Dodgers?
2: That's how my dad raised me. He came from a family, a large family. This is actually not that uncommon. He came from a large family. Save your outrage
3: for later, coach. Yeah, right. (laughs)
2: That's right. But they all just for the sake of like rivalry, like they all pick different teams and everybody else went back to their home state teams and my dad just kind of stuck with it. I mean the purple people eaters, all that thing, and then you know, I don't know. It's it was easy for him to stay that course and it was really not easy for me to grow up that way. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) So yeah. That's that's I'm I'm excited to be here. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. And I uh look forward to learning a lot from you guys too. So that'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Right? Oh, I don't
3: yeah. know if we teach. Stuff. I'll keep you guys what? in your place.
2: I swear, like a truck driver. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now, as as a Vikings fan, you probably hate the Green Bay Packers then.
2: Um, so you're not gonna like this, but I adopted this phrase for my dad and he'd say, I love the Packers. It's their fans I can't stand. (laughs) So sometimes Packer fans are a little, um, you know, they view their world through rose-colored glasses, I think. And um, they can be a little unsufferable sometimes, especially when you're living in the belly of the beast. But um, that'll be fun to explore.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I will say there's a large contingent of Packer fans if you say something like oh, you know, player X, you know, their average yards per whatever were this, and they're really falling off, they'll tell you, you need to go find another team. Obviously, you don't believe. Like, they jump all over you, and it, it's kind of a lot.
0: I've also found a trigger word for them all is Jordan Love. I've I've been punted out of many a fanship, and it's also a trigger word for me as well. Many of fan pages for saying the word Jordan Love, the two words. Anyhow.
4: I will say, as an outsider and a Bears fan, I think the Packers culture is probably one of the bigger homer cultures, where it's just highly emotional, and and that's why it's so easy to get them riled up. We're
3: on it. We own we own the thing, think. man, guy. We own it, buddy. We're yeah. part owners. You you don't you're hey, not an owner. You don't know
0: as bad as it is. I will tell you, it it is a drop in the bucket compared to OU football. Just telling you. It is not even close. Yeah, co- not even close. College football is a different beast. Co- oh, it is. It entirely is. Entirely emotional. Oh, it is. It is 99.9% emotional and .00001% factual. The rest is just made up.
3: Yep. You got, you know, the athletes are coming and going. You're rooting for the uniform and your nostalgia that is attached to that uniform. And there's not many things more powerful than that. Except Hennessy. Clay Thompson was making an absolute fool of himself at the victory parade. He was screaming, anything is possible! And then just pouring oh Hennessy gosh. right into his face in the midday California sun. Anybody who, has failed at dre- anybody who has failed at day drinking knows how that played out. He was falling down, knocking over the baton-twirling kids, dancing in the middle of the street <laughs> like a fool. It was a whole scene. Did you see that, John? Any of those videos? I... I, I did, and I think he—I think he
4: stole Kevin Garnett's phrase from 2008: yeah. "Anything is possible." Uh, you know, I, the thing that I do like about it is nobody really judged him too hard for it. I think ever since touchdown, Tommy got liquored up and threw the Lombardi Trophy across a body of water. I think we're all kind of accepting of pretty uh, sketchy behavior from award, or yeah, from award-winning athletes so I, i'm on board with it I, I mean as long as everybody's safe <laughs> is the baton <laughs> twirler okay
3: i think but she's all right if
4: anybody can get away with it too on that team it's him if draymond had done it i think everybody would be up in arms uh and steph just wouldn't do it um Aisha would be right behind him and having him by the shirt shirt collar but uh th- i think that's uh that's kind of part of the deal now
3: who was that that yelled um we're world champions of the world rob dibble (laughs) (laughs) and then ovi i i jotted down a couple because this got me thinking about all-time uh parade guys um well
4: chicago's got a few with fucking right chicago that's the that's the all-time best (laughs) yeah i believe that was Kane. yes hockey players are rowdy
3: then ovi had uh what did he yell we're not gonna be fucking suck anymore. Or, uh, we are not going to be fucking suck this year. That's what he said. We're Stanley Cup champions. He at that point had been drinking for, I don't know, two or three days straight. Those Russians. Does that end up on a t-shirt like at all?
1: <laughs> I didn't hope show.
3: so. Yeah, this is the land of opportunity. Somebody made a buck on that. We have Matt Stafford, who I still side with completely on this matter. He watched that girl fall and break her back as if there was something he could do to stop it. He was half a bottle of champagne in. I mean, you can't expect his yeah. cat-like reflexes to be there.
4: It also, sometimes if you've had a little bit to drink and you recognize it, like he probably did, and you see somebody fall, you're you're kind of like, I'm not the person to help right here. No. I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna no. make things worse. I'm I'm currently dumb.
0: I think yeah. I think he actually did that exact thing with his with his wife. He was like, Hey, help her. Do do something. This is yeah. This is bad. You need to intervene here but i cannot because i'm under the influence
3: (laughs) yeah there's a reason kelly responsible decision there's a reason kelly was most likely very sober that day because she needed to watch over all the goings-on make sure nobody stole his phone or took you know bad pictures of something or you know if a lady falls Maybe go get security for him because, because Matt's a
4: little. I, there's a good chance they had a conversation beforehand where she was like, you enjoy the day. And if something weird happens, you just you walk the other way and I'll take care of it. And of course, that's probably what happened. And it looked terrible. I, on tape. That,
0: <laughs> that actually is is something we've talked about from the very beginning. It should happen everywhere. There should be a guy, a person. You always have a guy, have a guy. They do it in big time college football all the time. There's a guy on scholarship, falls around the star player. He's the guy. He's the fall guy. You got to that. why- have that. You got to have that. I'm sure they did have a conversation. Let me just tell you, any, any couple situation you're going out to like that, if you don't have that conversation, it is reckless abandon. Both people can't get wrecked. I, I had a marriage like that once. It, it it doesn't work out good. Both people can't get wrecked. One person has to say stay legit. That's your PSA for today. Sorry.
4: Yeah. Wait, what are the instances in marriages where both of you get wrecked? Is that just vacation without the kids? Yeah, it, Is that the first honeymoon? It's one
0: hand. There's one handful. And and it, it there's not very many. You go, you go pretty much honeymoon. You got your uh your your no kids vacation, as long as it's some sort of on a place that, that that is under some kind of fenced area that you can't wander off the trail very much, like a resort of some sort that's closed in. There's not very much. That's it. You can't. Yeah, that, that, that's about all. It.
2: You got to be either locked in or you have to be able to walk home because you can't bank on the idea that you'll have enough sense to get an Uber.
0: No, no. And trying to negotiate with an Uber after you both are wrecked is it's bad. It ends up one of two ways. Fighting is one of them. The other one, not so uh, bad. But anyhow, (laughs) moving on.
3: Yep. One way or another, that's how viral videos are made. Jason Kelsey was another all-timer. He was dressed up like a sultan on holiday in Vegas, screaming into the microphone all the things people said who doubted them. Aguilar can't catch. Zach Ertz can't block. Nick Foles ain't got it. He went on for like five minutes in one of the best representations of Philadelphia you'll ever see. And then when I Googled Jason Kelsey costume, I saw him playing a saxophone in some other parade, I think down in New Orleans. Something like that. That guy's living life. I'm a big Jason Kelsey fan. His brother seems like the douchebag who would stuff you in a locker, but Jason seems like a solid guy. We almost got a parade after game five. Honestly, I went fishing. I expected a six to one shit pumping, as they call it in the biz, not to get too technical with the hockey jargon. But I did get home just in time to see what ended up being the game winner that put Tampa ahead. For good three to two coach at that point was asleep i'm glad we got a game six because that's what we said would happen we were on here like this is going six or seven this is going to be an amazing series and then after that that seven nothing game i said oh no we're gonna look pretty bad we already released that shit like we can't delete it um john you were down there out in denver tell us tell us about that talk about that a little bit so the sights and
4: sounds are pretty good um it, it was reminiscent of when Chicago was winning and uh, the town just comes alive. Uh, a lot of people. I was down at a bar uh, right next to the stadium and uh, had a table. And it was one of those situations where by the second period, it's standing room only. And honestly, it was uh, it was a great atmosphere. It felt like you took a section of the whole stadium and then just dropped them into a bar. And everybody's chanting everything. We want the cup. Um Uh, some cuss words at the refs towards the end. It was awesome. And honestly, uh, in a different vibe from Chicago, there weren't like fist fights and um, all all that going on. So it was was a great atmosphere down. I think the bar was uh, Brooklyn's, which is really good. Um, You know, the end of the game, everybody was in high spirits. And then that last two minutes, that last three minutes, rather, I mean, it's a good thing it wasn't like Chicago because it would have been there would have been a lot of broken glass and, and things like that. I was sh- shocked at how well all the fans kept it together after you know four to five hours of drinking.
3: Legal weed'll do that. Yeah,
4: the end of the game uh is is its separate thing. You know, the first, you know, ninety percent of it was was awesome. I knew it was gonna be back and forth. You know, once Tampa Bay opened up and scored first, nobody really cared because that's what happened in the last game and we came back and won. So it's it's really cool to be in an atmosphere where those are the two competitors where it could be a coin flip at at any point. Like there isn't necessarily momentum that continues. It kind of bounces back and forth. And that's what makes it so exciting. We knew the abs were going to come back and score and they did. And then, uh, you know, towards the end of the game, I I just don't think you call that. I think it was a makeup call, you know, too many men on the ice. They got, they got away with it towards the end of the game in uh, the previous game that they won. Um, it, it was disappointing because I felt like it really kind of iced the win for uh, for Tampa Bay. And so there were some F Tampa Bay or F Tampa chants going on. Um, yeah, I just thought, I thought it was the refs controlling the end of the game in a way that wasn't necessary. At any one time, there could be six men on the ice. And I thought it was a, a choice that they made rather than they felt obligated to call it because it was um, – an obvious penalty so I thought that was I I thought it was a call you don't call you know the the lightning are up one goal you got three minutes left and you call a two-minute penalty I mean that basically ices the victory for you which I mean even if it if it was the other way around you want to see the players really decide it there in the last two minutes and you don't want it to be something that's that that the refs are that much in control of so I was I was a little upset at that just because I didn't get to see uh a better version of that last three minutes.
3: Yeah. You compared it to a holding call, you know, in in an NFL game in the last two minutes, you could make the call, but should you, you know, no. And Angela, I know you disagreed with that call as well in the, in the text thread. I think everybody did. Well,
2: I mean, I, I, it, no, that's, she didn't. I didn't. It, <laughs> that's what I have, that stuff happens. It does go happen. It's, it's not. <laughs> <go> <laughs> that's not how you want to win a game on that kind of odd momentum where you're questioning, you know, but I don't I don't see it that way. Like, I really feel like they would have won anyways. And you're talking about the momentum shift and how that happens and when it happens in the game. And they were playing hard at the end of the game hard hits i mean they were being super scrappy i i feel like they would have won that game regardless so maybe it doesn't matter if they if they called it or not maybe they shouldn't have i still feel like they would have won i think they have a lot to prove i think that um you know for them you know they've won they've won okay they've they've already won um so You could say really easily that it's not as important to them, maybe, or it doesn't mean as much. But I think it's the exact opposite, because I think as far as they've come this whole way, you know, they're not a new franchise, but they don't have like the legacy that some of these teams have. And I think that this Stanley Cup victory would change how hockey fans view their franchise as a whole, because I know plenty of people who are diehard, you know, Tampa fans who live in Florida. And that's, I hear them say that stuff all the time. And they're such a good team. And um, again, I have emotional attachment to it, maybe because I'm rooting for, that's the story that I'm rooting for, but I'm not counting them out. I totally think they can win and, and I'm going to wait for it. Um, And the other thing that's kind of weird that popped up is that, you know, we caught wind recently that, you know, it's a possibility that two of their coaches could potentially go to Detroit, right? Because we're all like, why didn't, why aren't they talking about Detroit and who's going to coach the team? And well, now we know why that penny kind of dropped. And so things are going to change for them next year. And I think that, you know, this is one of the, I mean, obviously you want to win the Stanley cup no matter what, but this is maybe, you know, one of their last opportunities to solidify a huge piece of history for them. If things are going to change, you know, in the coaching staff too. So I don't know. I'm excited. I can't wait for the game um, tomorrow and I hope they win. I really do. That's just, I, I really do. I think they can. And I think they, they will.
3: Yeah. You can't. Unpopular it. opinion. <laughs> you win three in a row. No matter what happens after that, people are going to be talking about it. I had the right. bright idea last night when Tampa went on the power play that the Avs should pull their goaltender and play five on five because they keep it in They keep it in Tampa's zone for two minutes at a crack all the time anyways. You know, strap on a pair. Let's win this thing, buddy. But could you imagine giving up the empty netter right there? They'd execute you publicly if you did that. (laughs) So I'm interested to see what they think, how Tampa feels about this win. If they can take this momentum home and win with it, or if they go home with a sort of, this is where we hear ball don't lie, and we get our ass kicked because we really shouldn't have got that one. I think it's about their mental state, and not a hockey expert asterisk, but I think the first team to score wins that game. That's You're talking my about the next game, opinion? Yeah, yeah game okay. six. I I I,
0: think I really think that come out on fire. I think when they look back on this series, the game that is really going to be just um, really important in the deal is 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 the one that was in Tampa Bay. Uh, the last game that they lost, right there in overtime. I, I really think that was, and and I was pretty excited to see that Tampa Bay came back and and had the the fight and 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 really took it to uh, Colorado early in the last game. They 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 were uh, after after I thought they would that would just be deflating. I thought they were done. And so I was really glad to see that they were able to pull out the W. And and, and it, it will be interesting to see how that works next going forward, especially back home. Obviously, uh, I will tell you guys a, a little, little story as I've been helping my brother move. And I fell asleep with three minutes left. So uh, I woke up and there was 26 text messages. And I saw that the Lightning were able to win. And I was really happy because you know me and John obviously have the, the, the great wager going on. And I, I thought I wasn't going to get much mileage out of the... Tampa Jersey again, but uh, I was able to do it again, and hopefully, I'd love to see this thing go Game Seven. The thing that I took from last night's game, and and the one before it, is gosh, man, twenty nine. I'm not a hockey guy either, but I will tell you, twenty nine for Colorado is he is lightning, he is cat quick, and and they just don't seem to have an answer for that dude. Even the shots last night, shots on goal were were in Colorado's favor, and they have been most of the series that like like eric said they play the, they play the game in their part of the ice so so much i mean they're always on offense it's i think colorado is the better of the two teams i really do i've thought that since they were since we started this series and and i do think that uh that 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 they will ultimately win it but i'm but i'm sure rooting for tampa bay because i'd like to see them win 3 in a row and uh i i mean i think that would be neat I think it would be really a, a great sports story for them. And I, I think, think they're the underdogs here.
3: He, yeah, that's another motivating factor for them. They're the two-time champions, and all anybody's talked about since these playoffs began is how great Colorado is. You know, they're going to sweep everybody. It's really just a formality until we get to the Stanley Cup final. So, you know, I think Did, they got some they got some motivating factors there. Y- yeah, I mean, both
4: both sides have a reason to believe that they should win. And that's why it keeps going back and forth. And you have the unstoppable force and the immovable object. The unstoppable force is Colorado's shots on goal. And the immovable object is Vasilevsky in yes. goal. Like you will give up seven because it's like, I don't know, at any one night, somebody has got to give, right? Somebody has got to win and lose. And sometimes it's going to look a little ugly. But then like last night, you know, just slap shot after slap shot. I turned around. I was like, this guy's fucking good at goalie. Yeah. It's so annoying. They were peppering yeah. so from all over the yeah. place. They were, they were just yep. firing at will.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: And, and if you, I've, I've get definitely grown in my appreciation of hockey because you look at it and you're like, Oh, he gave up seven goals one game. It's like, well, do you understand the way the game works? He got how many, however many shots on goal he had an off night. That's, that's being a human, but overall it's like, the other games he just puts on a masterclass and and how to handle this crazy barrage of shots from colorado cuz it's pretty it's pretty insane how good colorado is
3: yeah 29 nathan mckinnon he got me a 33 to 1 hat trick one night i believe in the first oh, round gosh. i'm a big oh, mckinnon he, guy
0: they they don't i don't know if anyone boy. has an answer for that dude cuz he is so fast and he's always it just feels like he's always on the on on I don't know what the hockey term is, but it looks like a fast break all the time.
2: They were talking about how uh, McKinnon and Crosby are like hometown homies and how they, they train together and that I, I can see that. I mean, you know, Crosby has determination like no other, you know, and I, I see that. I I see that relationship and how uh, they're similar in that way. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense.
3: (laughs) Yeah. All time, great
4: similar, similar to like a good defensive end. They know how to leverage another body on top of them in an angle. Like when they're, you you see him, he he just finds that angle to get to the puck off the wall while a guy's hanging on him. You know, that's just true
0: athleticism. He just always appears to be a little bit faster than whoever's defending him, just a little bit. And, and I, I, it's shocking to me that, they don't seem to have an answer for that. That just doesn't seem to seem to work out. And I find myself, isn't it weird that the two-time champion is considered an underdog here? I mean, the two time. that's not even a narrative that the NHL is pumping the NHL. I, I don't turn it on and they talk about them trying to three-peat here. I mean, that, and no. I don't understand that. That's, it's so fascinating to me that Tampa Bay seems to be the underdog here in in a series that, and and maybe I'm just not seeing it right, but, uh, Colorado is really good and, and they appear to me to be the pretty heavy favorites in this. And I just find myself, it's odd that we're I root for a team like that because usually it would go the other way. All right, we can move on.
3: We'll breeze through some basketball. I found a couple ridiculous basketball stories, sort of the opposite of all-time great players. John Wall, his 2019 Max deal with the Washington Wizards is on the verge of going down as one of the worst player contracts in the history of the NBA. And he's just opted into almost 50 million next season. I believe 47.4. He exercised for the 22 23 season. He played no games, I believe last year. And yes, no, that was the year. Now I got it. He played in 19 to 20. He played zero games. He was paid 38.2 million. In 2020 to 21, he paid 40 games. He was paid 41.2. 21 to 22, he played zero games and he was paid 44.3 million. And now he's just signed for 47.3 million additional dollars. And who knows how many games he will play. This money that flies around in basketball always blows my mind.
4: Yep. Yeah. They, any comparison, you look at the top 20 contracts in the NBA and compare them to baseball or football, you're just like, wow, some guy I've never heard of is making the same amount of money that Tom Brady is. It almost seems like it's the stock market before the crash. I don't I don't understand how I, I guess fewer players warrants, you know, bigger contracts per player, but it, it to me it just seems like this can't continue, right? I mean, I know T V deals are lucrative and and all that, but players union must have done something right to get to get this cut
3: of the of the cash. Yeah. one more basketball story to burn through before we get to barbecue coach i got barbecue on the docket today um these kids in charlotte on scooters probably 14 15 years old i saw a video there somewhere somehow they got back to the employee parking area at the charlotte hornets facility and they're waiting hoping to see Lamelo ball and michael jordan comes walking out in a suit and he's Shooing them away, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's Michael!" And he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And they're like, "Where Lamelo at? Are you serious? Where lamello at?" I, I logged kids off on today.
0: Me.
3: I can't. I can't handle it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely kids today. Hey, g- real quick before we move on, you got a question. What do you guys? What's your take on the on the draft? I mean, we had the draft this week, the NBA draft. Uh, winners and losers of that. I, you know, being a Thunder guy here at home, I, I really think the Thunder did well. I'm, I'm kind of surprised and, and eager to see the kid from New Zealand that they took. Um, they 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 traded up to get him. I, I thought it was a little bit weird that they traded. I think it went from 12 to 11, and, and they got this guy. Um, sports talk radio around here is all about uh, all about the Thunder and and what they you know, their draft position, any takes on, uh, winners and losers of the draft or did we, we got hockey fever and we really hadn't got into it. We can come back to it.
4: <laughs> well, this year there, there wasn't a, there wasn't a LeBron James in there. There wasn't anybody too. I mean, there was the big, the bigger story that I saw was the focus on some of the moms, which we won't get into, but, <laughs> Um, it, it honestly, it was kind of a, a downplayed draft. Uh, Bankero goes first and that was kind of surprising, but honestly with the NBA, guys are so hit and miss, uh, that it, it's hard to really tell if what you got was a steal or like I was, I was reading that bulls got a steal at the 18th pick with a guy I'd never heard of. And I looked at his stats, listened to some analysis. And to be honest, uh, it's not like it's not like we got anybody that we're gonna really put our franchise in the hands of for the next couple of years, and that's the for largely that was the NBA draft this year. So I I don't think there was too much to be made of it, to be honest. We'll see how these guys pan out. There were some good stories, you know, a guy from the G League that bounced around, got drafted pretty high. That was cool, but yeah, I I mean, you turn on ESPN and they're talking about their suits more than anything the next day and it's like i guess it wasn't that important
0: <laughs> there was a, there wasn't a lot of difference i think in the top what 4 3 i mean and so much so that vegas vegas had odds on all of them going one they really didn't know um and and it was a surprise that that well i thought i i had read that what was it smith was going to go first and and he ended up not and which was and it was interesting to me very rarely do they have a draft where they they they, they don't know the first one or two uh, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting that, that they didn't, but I'll let, oh, we can move on. Um, I, I just thought that was a big, big deal. And it's a big deal around here. And uh, I'm excited at what the Thunder did. You know, I think that they, Sam Presti has a history of, of being solid in the draft and, and building uh, players the right way, drafting players the right way. And so, you know, people around here put a lot of stock in, in what he does and, and and I thought that the the thunder this was a huge it was well, quite honestly this was the the biggest draft in thunder history, and so uh, what they did I thought was pretty good and I'm excited to see the results of that I I trust Sam Presti same guy that that you know went ahead and got Harden and Westbrook and and a guy named Durant that was kind of goodish. So. I've heard of him. Oklahoma drafts a guy named
4: Chet. Sounds like a headline from 1962. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
0: And and the guy weighs about 160 pounds, and he's about seven foot two. Anyhow, yeah. uh, it's awesome. I I think he's going to be a baller. But like I said, is overshadowed with that is the bigger story of the kid from New Zealand they traded up to get that nobody really knew. And this is a this is kind of a Sam Presti. Uh, way he finds these guys and nobody really you know um i i, mer- I can remember when they drafted uh, westbrook from ucla and everybody was like oh i, I mean uh, this guy's not even a point guard that was a debate here for a solid year of whether he was a true point guard or not i mean that was a real life argument that went on daily on sports talk radio here so it's it's interesting um i'm excited about about seeing where that goes enough with the nba talk Let's go back to hockey. All right,
3: All right. no, this <laughs> Let's is do the, that hockey. This is even better. Go I, this is just a, a little thread I pulled. I heard on the radio somebody mentioned in passing that Mississippi State was going to allow tailgating in the stadium. So I look it up and I find out at Davis Wade Stadium, fans can get a balcony. And you'll be able to bring in tables, chairs, food, whatever. There will be access to electrical outlets. So you can even bring in mini fridge. Some call it revolutionary. Some call it a $1,500 standing room ticket. I like it. I could never see myself schlepping a mini fridge into a stadium. I feel like for $1,500, the fridge should be there waiting for me. Now that I think about it, this is just an open-air BYOB luxury box. The headline gave you the idea that you could fire up a grill in these balconies, but I saw no explicit permission to grill. However, this led me to Duty Noble Field. This place is awesome. They have a whole section in left field where fans are grilling, offering up hot dogs to the players, inviting them for beers after the game. Basically, everything I love about America in one scene. This is a bucket list item. Coach, have you been there?
0: I, I have not, but I will tell you this. This is the one area that you will get me fired up on about the SEC. And this, I will say this. Amongst all, all takers of college football, the SEC is by far and away the top conference when it comes to tailgating it's not even close it's not even close and that's coming from a big 12 guy i'm telling you right now they do it right the world's largest outdoor cocktail party georgia and florida i mean lsu they have boats coming and docking i mean they do it the right way so if 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 a school like um if a school that's in the SEC decides that they are going to open an indoor area for tailgating, I'm telling you right now that that is uh, it's a it's a it's a tr- strategic move on their part because they know what the fans want and and they they take it serious down there. It's not some bush league hot dogs on a rotisserie, you know, on on your little Coleman. It, it is legit. It is uh, we're talking full blown buffet meals four course, five course meals. I mean, these, they do it right. And I'm not just saying football, I'm talking baseball. I've been to bomb stadium. Arkansas It's beautiful. They, they tailgate it there. Right. I mean, literally middle of the game, you're catching waft of grill. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's the total fan experience. It's not just the sights and the sounds. You're getting the, all the senses just cooking in there and they do it the right way. You know, um, LSU, LSU does the, the, the crawfish boil, right? I mean, this is stuff that people do at holidays at their house on special occasions. They're doing it every Saturday when, when the Tigers play. I mean, it, it's big time. Tailgating is a big thing down there. And I think it was not, it's not just a whimsical headline. That was something done strategically for, for recruiting purposes, because every little bit helps any advantage that you can get. Hey, listen. I want to play at, at Mississippi or I want to play at Mississippi State. I want to play be there because the tailgating there is 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 unrivaled by anything. I mean, any any little thing that you can get in the Southeast Conference is huge. And I wish we would have kind of had this story when uh, the gentleman was on from Alabama because I know that he could get on board with this. It's different down there. It's not the same. I mean, even at, at the Stillwater, Stillwater and Norman here, They're great. There's some great tailgating going on, but nothing to the uh, extravagance that is is at some of these SEC schools.
2: I'm excited to see how that goes. And I'm more excited to follow the whole story and how the policy changes from the day that it's implemented to, like, say, day, you know, 20 or, you know. 40 or i don't know i'm well not 40 obviously but it'll be interesting to see because you know how like on your cup of coffee at mcdonald's and it tells you caution hot because somebody there was that guy who did that thing like that's what i'm waiting for to see how this goes (laughs) there's probably gonna be be an electrical stories
4: (laughs) yeah my first thought was uh it was that scene from The Office where Kevin comes in with his chili and he drops it and he spills it all over. Like, there's going to be some <laughs> guy <laughs> who has like 40 gallons of chili just scalding hot and he accidentally pours it on the people below him or because He'll it's, it's it elevated, back. right? He'll start scooping I just see things. Yeah, I just see things going haywire. Uh, but I'm, I want to see those videos and, I, you know, so be it. Let it be haywire. I want to see. That seems like a great atmosphere to be honest (laughs) yes bring in your own grill like that's going to be a task on its own like you know people are checking bags now as you enter it's like let's pop open your grill let's look at that you know people are going to come in try to get massive grills in there they're not going to be able to fit there's going to be fist fights it's going to be great
0: well if you guys have never i don't know your experience in tailgating but let me let me just say this some of the best is 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 in the SEC obviously, but, but even NFL has some great tailgating. The chiefs at Arrowhead is a great tailgating venue. And, and what you get into is not just the extravagance of food. You get into these contraptions that are pretty much agricultural engineering genius, uh, in somebody's shop that they made. That's part smoker, part grill, part trailer, part Winnebago, I mean, these hybrid vehicles that come in that have been constructed in, in a little county in 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 the southeast portion of some state, and they've they've driven them to the stadium there to spend the weekend uh, celebrating their team. And that there's nothing more America than that. As we get close to Fourth of July, if if that's something we want to celebrate, we can stand up because the forefathers, by God, would walk around and enjoy that. That is that is technology at its finest people walking around and putting putting some ingenuity that they that that, that they've gleaned from somewhere and putting it into this to celebrate their teams that's greatness that's that's americana yeah never underestimate a motivated redneck absolutely absolutely, absolutely. and there's one thing the sec schools do have an abundance of motivated rednecks That's right. (laughs) They're
3: serious down in KC. I went to a Packers Chiefs game on Monday Night Football at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers threw five touchdowns. No big deal. Just another day at the office. And these people had those trailers behind behind their trucks. They hauled it up here. And they're smoking ribs in the parking lot. Couldn't be nicer. Can't wait to give you some of their food. Tell you about how they built this thing. The drive up, they're your best friend. Five minutes in, I mean, Chiefs fans and Packers fans, we really, we really met uh, mesh, meshed together well. I think we'd be. One I mean, of the let's not
0: forget family. that was Super Bowl one, one of the greatest ones of all times. the the two The two mega powers actually collided in Super Bowl one when they started this, when they when they decided that they were going to pour some water on the seed of greatness that is football. And, th- and this is what came of it. You know, Chiefs and Packers fans, are th- there's none better. And, and you can go to any venue. I mean, uh, with with the exception of, of maybe, I don't know, I've, I've been to some that are terrible, but like Dallas. Dallas doesn't believe in tailgating because Jerry wants a monopoly on all of that. But anyhow, that's just my opinion.
3: While we're on food, I saw this. Tory Smith tweeted about this. He said Anquan Bolden shut this down in the receiver group when he was with the Ravens. These rookie dinners. Normally, I shake my fist at things these damn kids want to change, but I like this. I never understood the concept of rookie dinners. I think it's the ultimate dick move, and I don't understand how it builds camaraderie in a locker room. You take a kid who makes the least money, and it's a lot to him. Oftentimes, he has no experience having a large amount of money, and the first thing you do is saddle him with a $40,000 tab. Like, Teach this kid how to make money and save money.
0: I love that article. Oh, I'm just going to say I when I read that, I read that too and I was like, wow. This is it looked like uh the deal from Jerry Maguire, the things that we think but do not say memo, the manifest that he made. You know, I just thought that was great that someone and and a veteran came out and said that. Uh he's exactly right on that. You know, you these these kids are making an abundance of money and they have zero money management skills. The NFL even pays to send them to you know, how not to get in trouble, how to have that guy, and how to manage your money. And then we turn around and do stuff like that. I thought it was brilliant. And I thought that was a real uh, something that somebody needed to say a long time ago because they, they do. They, it's just ridiculous, some of the things that you read about. Yeah, this is one of those traditions that needs to die.
4: And I love when people stand up and say, why are we doing this? I understand the concept. Like if somebody just got a huge payday, it's like, well, guess what, bud? You just got a $10 million bonus or something. You're taking us all out, you know, because we helped you. And and I like that a veteran came out and said it because, gosh, that sucks. I mean, some of them, it's almost like personal. They're ordering multiple lobsters and stuff. It's like, this is just a waste of money. It's not even valuable to you. So I, I I like it too. I I think, uh, there, this form of hazing is just dumb. I'd rather, I'd be like, you can just shave my head to look like a monk. Like they did to team Tebow. I don't want to spend, I don't want to waste $40,000 that could help somebody out, you know, give that money to charity or something like that. It just seems like uh, a really dumb tradition that needed to die. And hopefully it does. Bring back the Friar tuck, (laughs) Friar tuck. It'll grow back.
0: Prior or tuck it and be done. Carry some pads. Call it good. But yeah, that's stupid. It's just stupid.
3: Every time you show up to a microphone, you have to talk in a, an Australian accent maybe for the first <laughs> six weeks. Yeah. And there's so much it up.
0: so much more fun that can happen. <clears throat>
3: yeah. You know yeah, what's fun? This activities. is fun. <laughs> This is fun Or O'Neal Cruz The Pirates shortstop Never in your life Have you seen a shortstop like this The Pirates have a kid playing in the infield Who is 6 foot 7 inches tall And runs mm-hmm. like the wind He zips at the first base At about 96 miles per hour Which nobody is doing that He's a power hitter He doesn't hit for average But he drives the fucking baseball Coach we talk about the mismanagement of hockey All the time But Bob Manfred has Shoy Otani Vlad Junior, this kid, and he can't find a way to popularize his sport. Here's the kicker, though: the Dodgers traded this kid in 2017 oh, wow. for relief pitcher Tony Watson, who, to be fair, pitched well Randy but didn't Watson. get him all the way there. Yeah, yeah. This is what the article said. It's hard for the Dodgers to truly regret this deal, though. At the time, they were World Series contenders and needed bullpen help. Watson pitched. To a 2.7 ERA and a 105 WHIP in 24 regular seasons, uh, it's not. If it says at the bottom, if not for Houston cheating, this trade would have 1,000 percent been <laughs> worth it. But now, for some reason, we have to question it because the Dodgers didn't end up achieving their ultimate goal. Well, that's a that's one of those deals where if you win, it was worth it, like the Stafford trade. If you win the Super Bowl, it's worth it. If not, well, now you're going to have to watch. Essentially, I mean, he's he's Aaron Judge. He's like <laughs> he's exact size, smashing the ball.
0: It's unbelievable. It's going to be a long few years for them. I got to side with the guy writing an article on that. A World Series contenders that need a bullpen help. That's still them. That's still that's still the Dodgers right now. They're World Series contenders, and they still need bullpen help. Uh, I, but here, the better question is: is how do I not know about this? I don't. I I know nothing about this kid. How in the world? I just watched the Cubs and, 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 uh, the pirates the other day. And I, I did not, I I'm going to check this out and I apologize for, for not knowing about this. This is when I saw it on the, on the sheet before the show, I was like, what's up with this guy? I don't, I don't know anything about this and shame on baseball (laughs) for me, not knowing anything about this. I mean, damn you guys, you need to educate me more because this is something that this
3: is baseball.
0: You marketing people, I, I need to know about these things and how I don't know, especially in a town, in a team like Pittsburgh. What else you got to advertise over there? I mean, the the uniforms? Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, let's, yeah. Trubisky? <laughs> Come on. The <That> asshole. Yeah. <laughs> the starting quarterback for the Steelers this year, Mitchell Trubisky? <laughs> that guy? Are we advertising him? We're yeah. putting him on billboards?
4: Oh, gosh. Well, here's here's the thing. Um, we tune into SportsCenter. We tune into whatever we – Fox Sports, wherever it is. And it, all they want to talk about is basketball and football. And I think it's partly a programming decision made by the major sports media. And you don't hear about this stuff. So, like, when was the last time you saw a chart that showed some of the best players in, in baseball or some of the best hockey players? You don't see that. But they argue to death – the top ten players in NBA, the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. So it, this stuff gets buried, and that's why we need to be talking about it.
0: Oh man, you're you're 100 right. As program game. director, we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> we're going to be. We, th- this will be. I'm, well, i I want. I want a weekly update on this guy. <laughs> yes,
4: institute a weekly update. Will- And while we're talking, about, I wish we had this podcast when Houston got caught cheating, but it's been years and it's not worth talking about now.
0: I would would love to revisit that. We could dig up that old chestnut and roll it back out anytime we feel the need to have a conversation about some things that matter. Forget you, Altuve. Forget you, man. (laughs) Bang some trash cans on your own time, sir. And that was our
4: blast from the past on Patriot Sports Radio. <laughs>
3: that was old guys did it, on did it, porn. Did it, did it. And another thing. <laughs> and, and we loved your goddamn
4: pants it. up. And we... Back in our day when we wanted to cheat, we took <laughs> destructive steroids in 1950, and we loved and it. And we loved it.
3: If it's not an amphetamine, we don't even want to hear it. well this seems like a great place to plug our new show plus money golf we got a golf show and these guys are pretty good five winning weeks in a row going on six no big deal they've only done six shows it's really coming together nicely over there we got the john deere classic next week hopefully uh adam will be back with us he's down with the sickness a little bit so get well to him bob baffert speaking of rich guys Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Bob Baffert has been suspended from horse racing because he just can't stop giving horses those sweet, sweet illegal performance enhancing supplements. And because Banned he's, for being awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. And because he's a super rich guy, of course, this isn't actually a one year suspension. I mean, come on. He's yeah. getting time served, whatever that means in horse racing. And his suspension will be up in seven months at the end of January, so he's good to go for the Belmont. However, this is just the New York Racing Horse Racing Association. Churchill Downs hit him with a two-year suspension. Now, to play devil's advocate, it sounds like these were supplements rather than, you know, hard (laughs) drugs of any kind. The governing body said the drugs for which Baffert was cited in three jurisdictions are allowed and commonly used, but are nevertheless performance enhancing in the sense that they may suppress injuries and may allow the horse to perform at a normal level in spite of the injury. And if they are found to be at the level above the allowable threshold, good sir. So I'm Sounds sure- like he just
4: takes care of his horses.
3: Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like,
4: nope, that- sir. You need to let that horse injure himself. <laughs>
3: I, does that I want that hurt? horse's
0: leg broken, and make glue out of him. Is he limping? I'm gonna, Good. I'm. I'm going to give you guys a bold <laughs> prediction that the first year he's back, he wins the uh, Triple Crown with the horse called uh, Khaled After um, and he and uh, because Kyle. all he does is win, and and that's why the guy is uh you know a champion, and he and that's all he that's all this guy does. You Man, know, he coach may-
3: out of the clouds with a DJ I'm just,
0: reference. I'm just telling you right <laughs> now that this guy, he all he, they had to find a way to get to him because he's he's the Bill Belichick of horse racing. That's what he is. That this is his guy is the guy. He's the guy. He puts his pants on one leg at a time. He makes gold records. He's the guy. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm just like, saying that. uh, that's my prediction. First year back, he wins it all. Triple crown. He
3: looks like that car dealer in Eastbound and Down, that yeah. Will Ferrell plays.
4: Yes, I feel it in my plums. <laughs> in my plums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you feel the tension. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have Khaled, and then uh, Pitbull's gonna get into horse racing, and we're gonna have Mr. Worldwide. I like. So it. they're gonna be. It's gonna be Khaled versus Mr. Worldwide. I like it. I
0: like and
3: they're
4: it. both gonna be the most annoying
0: horses of all time. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. They'll be very annoying. He'll be back. He'll be back and he'll win. And then they'll they'll talk about if he's going to, if this, uh, you know, it's going to tarnish his, you know, all the guy, the guy wins everywhere he goes. I I actually do have a
4: problem with, they should be doing that to the horses. They should be making sure that they have supplements so that there's not just some guy waiting in the wings with a shotgun loaded, ready for when they, you know, their joints give out. (laughs) Like why not? Is it really detrimental to the health of the horse to give them these supplements so that they don't snap a knee? Or
2: well, they were saying that they were giving them that it was okay, but only the allowable dose. So this was more well, we, than the I, allowable dose, correct? Or I will tell
0: you as a guy that's been around horse horse racing a little bit, um, I, I, horse race horses are nuts. They're they're bonkers they 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 do bonker things they're bred for one reason and that's to run fast they're not bred for intelligence they're not bred to to cut cattle they're bred for one reason and most of the time 9 times out of 10 they're they're bonkers and and so they they do have to rely on some of these substances to keep them uh calm and and and, and sedated because they that that's what they're made for they're made to run fast and so a little bit of uh a little bit of background there. And I just think, I think that some of this is a little bit ridiculous. And, and if that's what we're going to start, start doing, I mean, he, the guy wins, let's just go ahead and put him in a different category and make it the all, all steroid Olympics. I mean, just let them, let them do whatever. <laughs> let's get up, get what breed, whatever you want, give them whatever you want. I mean, I don't know. The, the guy will be back. He'll win. They'll, they'll talk about the time when they were frowned upon it. This is non-story.
3: It's the same argument I make for HGH in sports. If the idea is to have the best possible product, then let's do all we can to have our best players on the field as much as possible. And if that's giving them a medical innovation like human growth hormone, asterisk, I'm not a doctor, you know, get them back on the field. If that's a deal they're willing to make with themselves in their future, you know, I like to see dingers.
4: Well, you're just talking about baseball and football both in the 90s. I mean, baseball had its steroids, and then football, I mean, they just had—they just gave them opioids. <laughs> so, oh, your knee hurts? Here you go.
3: I'm pro-Ryan Braun situations, anti-Mark McGuire situations. That's where I'm at with that. <laughs>
0: I bet you are. Holy shit. I bet 55. you are, Brewer boxers. <laughs> I bet you are,
3: Panama Red. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs>
3: Here's a good story to end on. It's a known fact that beavers take what they want in this world. If they think a river is too swift for their liking, they'll dam it up. If they want to build a compound, they'll build a compound. And if they need your tree for that project, guess what? Their tree now. A beaver in British Columbia chopped down an aspen tree, and it took out some, uh, what you call, fiber, what you call? Fiber optic cable. Fiber optic cable. That's why... That's why we need a suit. He knows all those big words. And it took out the internet in multiple towns in British Columbia. <laughs> and then I looked into more of it, and this happens all the time with beavers and so forth. Um, snakes, they had to cover some. And I saw in the Pacific Ocean, some sharks were chewing on something they had to cover up. It was taking out internet. Animals do not like us being online. I think it's the videos we post of them.
0: Fiber optic cable so is much. primarily buried. So, I mean, why, why was that not Doing buried? Doing us a favor. Yeah. I mean,
4: Doing the, us a favor. The
0: beaver was trying to trying to help. <laughs> He's a helpful beaver. Uh, <laughs>
4: yeah. but, but... I, Go. I love stories where mother nature just wins out. Uh, no where, matter what. <laughs> you know, yeah. Beavers are like uh, nature's engineer and they kind of know instinctively what to do when. And when, hey, this river's getting a little too busy, let's let's chop down a tree and I, I just love when uh, it always goes down to some cute rodent that did something that yep. <laughs> then let, it's like Ice age the movie. But uh, I, I, I want a picture of this beaver, and I think he should be heralded.
3: Absolutely. Coach, to answer your question, these cables were strung up between a couple of poles owned by the British Columbia Hydro and Power Authority. It's a swampy area. And, unfortunately... Oh, so this was in Canada? Yeah.
4: yeah four- oh, this is the most Canadian story ever. Of yeah. course it happened in Canada. <laughs> bunch of hosers. <laughs> they didn't bury and their cable. Drinking yeah, Molson. Four-
0: <laughs> this goes back to a construction pounds. foreman with too many Molson's standing on the side going, I just run it up over the pole, eh? Yeah, that's good enough there, bud. 14 towns
3: had no internet. My favorite is the interview with the guy from the hydro... Uh, plant he said. Uh, "It's unusual, but it does happen every once in a while. So I wouldn't be a rich man if I had a nickel for every beaver outage. But they do happen. <laughs> <laughs> every <laughs> oh beaver outage, gosh.
0: you wouldn't be a rich man, huh? Wow, interesting.
3: Oh man,
0: what was this guy's name?
3: I wouldn't wish a beaver <laughs> outage on my worst enemy. <laughs>
2: So is that is that might naja? be a special uh, trade, right? Is like beaver loss prevention for the cable company. Put that on your business card.
4: Well, there are plenty of people who claim to be beaver trappers, but that's something else. <laughs>
3: it's something else.
4: Entirely I different segment. In a loss don't don't google it
3: though. <laughs>
4: oh gosh last year 900 the beaver beaver might be the funniest animal in the kingdom oh chris is never (laughs)
0: leaving again he's never leaving (laughs) it's got a tennis
3: racket for a tail and buck teeth (laughs) yeah it's just like a hippie northwoods platypus that's all you can't get mad at a beaver i never (laughs) beavers they
0: do beaver things
3: yeah. <laughs> you can't get mad at them. One thing you can trust is a beaver is going to beaver. Okay, let's try to land this thing. Holy shit. Get your trays in the upright and locked position. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Our audience is growing rapidly, and we're very grateful for that. As a result, we're putting in even more time and effort to make these podcasts the best they can possibly be. 15% better each time in all things is the goal, and I feel like we're meeting that on a regular basis both in process and result. These grassroots deals, they require a lot of upfront effort, but they say if you love it, it's not work. If you love it, like that segue, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever platform you're getting us on. Everything is interaction-based. It's how you climb the charts and get noticed. I won't bore you with the details, but your reviews are what keep us high up on the list when people search sports podcast, because believe it or not, there's a bunch of them. So thank you for helping us to stand out. It helps a ton if you write some words in there. We're like kids. Any attention is good attention. You can say whatever you want. Hey, that host guy is the best. It's a crime that nobody liked his tweet about the most poorly executed Friday news dump of all time. Or give us your best tailgating story. It doesn't matter what you type as long as the little algorithm bots come by tonight and see some text in there. It's all what? It's all positive for us. You can follow us at Patriots Pod on Twitter. Patriot Sports now on the Instagram. Patriot Sports on Facebook. Don't forget to check out our golf podcast, Plus Money Golf, and follow those guys over at Plus Money Golf. All one word. You can follow Chris on Twitter and Instagram at PSR Producer. You can find me on both of those at PSR Host Guy. Angela is on the Twitter at Angelatida with two H's. See, this is what happens when you get abroad on the show. John is too cool for social media. Coach is too set in his ways to learn a platform other than Facebook. So that just is what it is. Until next time, be good to each other.